Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We hope the message you're about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. There is something that has been happening for a period of time now with the teachings God has asked me to do. We've been releasing flyers about those teachings and I've been getting some feedback about those flyers. As though when you look at the flyers, you just have something to expect. How many of you have experienced that? Your expectation level is just up when you see the flyers. You're like, oh my God, what are we going to learn today? And last time it was Compass. It was Compass. And Compass was that powerful teaching we did. How many of you were blessed by Compass? A teaching on supernatural navigation. Amazing. And today's teaching is something like that also. It's called Fortress. At the beginning of the year, the Lord gave me certain instructions about what to do to prepare you guys for the year. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 25, if you've been here for up to at least even one month, you would have heard me, you know, quote the scripture time and again. Paul is in, is in a fix. He has two choices to make. One, to die and go be with Christ, which is far better. And the other, to continue with the people in Philippi, the church at Philippi. And he says to continue with them is far better. He says, and having this confidence, I know that I shall continue with you for your progress. The Greek word for progress there is prokope. Prokope means progress, advancement, fodrance. He says, I know I shall continue with you for your fodrance and join the faith. And so the Apostle Paul understands that there is something that him continuing with the people will do to them. It would cause them to grow. It would cause them to advance. And as such, you understand that God has given you ministry gifts to help you advance. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, Scripture says, And he gave some what? Apostles, pastors, and teachers for what? For the equipping of the body of Christ. For the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body. And I've said time and again that the word edifying here is the Greek word oikodomio. Oikodomio means for the building up. It's a construction term. It literally means to lay brick upon brick. Are you with me? And so here we see Paul writing and saying ministry gifts are there to build you up, to cause you to grow for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so one thing you have to understand is that God has placed ministry gifts to help the church grow. Now, I didn't plan to do this introduction, but to establish the point I'm trying to make, I have to make you understand the importance of ministry gifts. And so you have to see that everything you need for your growth, God would place in your ministry gift for you. Did you get that? Everything you need for your growth, part-time, God would place in your ministry gift for you. And so one of you, you know, reached out to me privately recently and asked me, Sir, how do you build the curriculum for the Catholic community? And I said, first, there are basic things that every believer has to know. But apart from that, there are some specific instructions that God will give. God can say, teach them this because they need it. And so, as the leader here, it will be my responsibility to equip you with what God has said. God can say, oh, Christopher Lawrence, oh, Anita, oh, Tolu, oh, Dickamsey would need this in this year. 
So teach it to them. And so by prophetic leadership, by prophetic leadings, I can know the particular things that God will have me teach to this community. But also, as a ministry gift, it's my responsibility to discern what is lacking in the community and supply. Did you hear what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is the responsibility of every ministry gift. This is how you know that, you know, spiritual growth should not be done in isolation. And so these few teachings I've been doing are part of that spiritual preparation that God has asked me to do. And the last teaching on supernatural navigation was the first one. Actually, dynamic spread was the first one. Compass was the second part, a continuation of that. And today we're going to be doing fortress, a teaching on spiritual fortitude. It's our year of the dynamic spread. And like I said in that teaching, there are three things that dynamic spread means. And the first I said is exponential and dynamic growth. So for there to be dynamic spread, there's going to be exponential and dynamic growth for every member of the Catalyst community. The second thing I said is that there's going to be massive evangelism. Massive evangelism. It's going to be massive and it's going to be, it's going to be happening through you and through me. Massive evangelism. There's going to be a huge urge for more evangelical you know, movements and we're going to do it together. You're going to take to the streets. And massive evangelism comes with massive healing. Because many times people's hearts will be won by the demonstration of the power of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then thirdly, we're going to have massive souls won. Which is the same thing, a result of massive evangelism. And this is very important. And this is not just going to happen by me. The reason why it's called a dynamic spread is because the spread isn't going to just be linear. It's going to branch out. What it means is that I'm not going to sparehead the movement alone. It's going to happen through every single one of you. The prophecies that the Lord gave us for the new year, many of them make me understand that the Lord is saying that not just through me, but through every single one of you, there's going to be massive spread of the gospel. People are going to grow. The lives of people are going to be changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is important. There's a vision that the Lord gave to me when I started the Catalyst community. And for those of you that I've had the first time as meeting with, I've explained to you time and again a few things and you've asked me very good questions. Different sets of first-timers have <laughs> different types of questions they ask me. Some are interested in my, in my life and if I have been. While some are interested in the mission and vision of the Catalyst community. <laughs> and some are interested in some other things. And it's all good. I always you know, encourage that people ask personal questions so that, you know, you can have a personal relationship with me, really, because I want to know every one of you. I want to know what's lacking in your faith, and I want to help you grow. So if you've not called me, and you're on the Catalyst community, you are wrong. Did you hear that? If you've not put a call through to me, and you're on the Catalyst community, you are wrong. That's good. All right, so let's go on <laughs> with the teaching. So, I always emphasize on every first time as meeting, the things that God has told me. But there was a vision that the Lord gave me at the beginning of this ministry. And what I saw was just like what happened with Samson. How that Samson picked up foxes and lit the tails of the foxes in a bush. And everywhere those foxes ran to because of the fire that was burning behind them, they were spreading the fire because their tails touched. How many of you can picture this? You know, just 
a, vi a visual representation of this. You want to burn a whole, you know, plantation, a whole, a whole open ground of, of, of bush. And you don't know how to do it. And so you take people or foxes in this case, in the case of the vision I saw, and you set their tails ablaze. Everywhere they run to, they are spreading fire. And that was the vision the Lord gave me. And what he said then, you know, at the time, a lot of people, my friends, were calling me the catalyst. And at the time, the Lord told me that I am not just the catalyst, but every single one of you on this meeting are catalysts. Did you hear that? And what is a catalyst? A catalyst is an agent when introduced into, you know, an environment, speeds up the activity happening there. You know, it's a chemistry term. A lot of people have asked me what it means. It's a chemistry term. It's an agent when introduced into a chemical reaction, speeds up the chemical reaction, but not just speeds up that chemical reaction. The effect of that activity causes a chain reaction. Did you hear that? It means that every single one of you here, in whatever you know, place you are, in whatever environment you find yourself, you can speed up the move of God. You can speed up the assignments of God. You can speed up the fire that is burning in the lives of people. But not just that. It will cause a chain reaction such that even those which you have, you've caused an increase for them will go out and cause an increase for other people. Are you with me? And that's the blueprint that the Lord has given us here. Hallelujah. And this is very important. And this is what you should see when you think dynamic spread. A responsibility is upon you as a result of this. Praise God. All right. So today's teaching is another spiritual preparation. Fortress. What is a fortress? A fortress is a military stronghold usually. Especially a strongly fortified town. So when you see a town you know, that is strongly fortified. What I mean by fortified is covered round to prevent external things from getting in. That is a fortress. Let me give you a proper picture of what a fortress. How many of you have ever watched medieval movies? You know, uh, movies that are set in ancient, um, maybe Rome or, you know, in ancient times where they used to fight war um, wars. Now, if you've seen those things, you would see that many of the battles... Uh, maybe fought outside an open field. But usually, when there is a battle that is, you know, that is going to be fought against people that are inside their own compound, usually the guys inside would win. And the only way the other guy, unless the other guys outside would lose more men. And the only way that the guys inside or outside can win is to sort of trick those guys inside to come out. This is because in a fortified town, it is harder to get in. There's always an advantage for the people that are in the fortified, fortified city. Exactly. So Kamsi just mentioned Trojan Horse. And Trojan Horse is a battle plan where um, because of a fortified town, um, the guys outside could not get in. So, you know, they created a big horse and dropped it as a gift. So a Trojan Horse, you know, was a, I can't remember the people who this happened to. I think it was something about some people in, in the time, something about Troy. I can't remember the history very well. But a Trojan Horse was a method because anybody who is in a fortress would always have the advantage. The only way to beat the guys inside the fortress is for you to enter into that fortress. Are you with me? So these guys devised a plan and used the Trojan Horse such that they created a big horse and then they dropped it as a gift. Then they hid inside, you know, the horse. 
And so they built a horse, actually. I think they were they, their name, they were Trojans or something. That's why they called it Trojan horse. I can't remember what it was. But they built a horse. And so they wheeled themselves inside the fortress and then they came out of the horse. That's why they call it Trojan horse. Anyways, that's the way I'm going. I just wanted to explain that. <laughs> but let's go on. So people who are inside the fortress usually have an advantage because they are fortified. The only way you can get to them is if they come out. That's the only way you can get to them. They are more confident about winning as long as they remain inside. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the only way is maybe through using a Trojan horse or luring them out. But as long as they remain inside that fortress, they are safe. And so their enemies will do something called a siege to try and force them out. And what is a siege? A siege is a long period of attack. So they will continue to attack them, but these guys are going to be saved as long as they are inside the fortress. Many times you see people cut off their food and water supply just to force them out. Because whosoever holds the fortress holds the advantage. Did you hear that? Whosoever holds the fortress holds the advantage. And this is very important. This is a very important picture to see. A fortress is a symbol of strength. A symbol that my enemies cannot get to me. The word fortress is from the root Latin word fortis. F-O-R-T-I-S. And fortis means strong. It's from the same Latin word that we get the word fortitude. I mean, if you look at the spelling fortress, fort, fortitude, fort. Both got them from the Latin word fortis, which means strong. And fortitude, for a while, was used to describe physical strength in English. But now, fortitude is used to describe the strength of the mind. The strength of the mind. But both words refer to a strong place. A place of fortification. A fortress. A place of fortitude. It all means strong. It all means what? Strong. A clearer word that can help you understand what, what I'm trying to explain is the word stronghold. Stronghold. A stronghold is a place that has been fortified to protect it from an attack. Stronghold. So just the same way fortitude refers to the strength of the mind. When we're talking about things like this, we're not just talking about physical strength, but we're also talking about the strength of the mind. So I want to channel your attention from when you think about fortress and fortitude to just, think, to just thinking about physical strength, but also the strength of the mind, because that's going to be our focus today. Fortitude, the strength of the mind. Stronghold, a place of strength, a place of protection from attack. So fortress, fortitude, stronghold. Three keywords. Fortress, fortitude, stronghold. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. This is important. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God 
to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. Carnal means regular or physical. How we fight our battle is not physical. It's not physical. It says, but it is mighty true God to do what? To the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So listen, you have to understand that when he says the weapons of our warfare are not physical or are not, are not the regular weapons you are thinking about, but they are mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds, you have to see that what he is calling strongholds is what he explains in the next verse that is being casted down. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So those are the strongholds he's talking about. He's not talking about a physical battle. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. He says, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So what are strongholds? Strongholds are imagination, thoughts, ideas that are exalted or that have been exalted against the knowledge of Christ. That's the battle that is being spoken about here. She's not talking about a physical battle. This scripture has been used many times to refer to spiritual warfare. And yes, that is true. But he's not talking about a physical fight. He says, casting down imagination, thoughts, everything that has, ex that has been exalted against the knowledge of Christ. He says, bringing them into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So this is important. So in this case, he's talking about certain fortresses, certain strongholds, certain things of strength that have been built. And in this case, they have to be pulled down. Why? Because they are exalted against the knowledge of Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is this making sense? He's talking about ideas, imaginations that have to be pulled down. They've built a sort of fortress in your mind. Things like when we tell you that God loves you and you don't just want to believe. You still want to hold on to the fact that, you know, God is going to, God, God wants you to do something before he can love you. Have you seen people like that? Those are the things we are calling strongholds. Ideas. You have the power of God on your inside. You can cast out devils. A stronghold is that idea that you have to fast 20 days before you can cast out devils. And you get what I'm saying. That's a knowledge raised outside, outside what? The knowledge of Christ. Because in the knowledge of Christ, we learn that when Jesus was exalted and made to sit in heavenly places with Christ, we were made to sit with him. So if Jesus is seated at the right hand of, of God and right hand and seated, does not mean that he's literally having a stool there to sit down. When he says right hand, he's talking, of, it's, it's, it's a metaphor to refer to authority. If we say that um, um, Chris is my father's right hand man, I'm not saying Chris is seated at my father's right hand. I'm saying Chris has the same authority my father has. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, in Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, it means Jesus has authority. But listen, if the Bible says you are seated with him, 
at that place, then it means you also have authority. That's the knowledge of Christ. That is revelation knowledge. Any idea outside this can build a stronghold in your mind. That's why the devil would always oppress you and you'll not be able to respond. Why? There's a fortress in your mind. And this time it needs to be pulled down. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's a stronghold in your mind. And in this case, it has to be pulled down. Strongholds sometimes can be mental models. Things that you've accepted that are not true according to the word of God. So these are fortresses that need to be pulled down. There's a battle in the mind that has to be won. I'd like you to take some time and listen to the first teaching I did on Dynamo. I spoke about this very well. I said many times when it comes to spiritual warfare, the first battle that needs to be won is the battle in the mind. Because if you win that and you pull down those mental models and you have the right knowledge, the devil is already defeated according to Revelation. And so if you have that knowledge, you can defeat him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so there's a battle in the mind. And this battle has to be won. Because it affects your response in the physical. If you win that battle, it would be evident in the physical. So these fortresses are built based on what you know, what you learn, what you listen to. A lot of people enter my DM and say, Sir, is it wrong for me to listen to secular songs? I just like the beat. You are not going to go to hell for listening to secular song. But what you listen to will build a fortress in your mind. Are you getting this? Yes, sir. It will build a fortress in your mind. You think it's just the beat that is entering, but if you have the beat without lyrics, okay. But the lyrics too, they enter. And this is important. What have you learned? A lot of people are like, why don't we love everybody together? You know, why can't I just go to any church? God teaches love. It is because I cannot afford for the wrong fortress to be built in my mind. Are you getting this? It matters what I hear. That's why I have to be in the right place. So as I can't I tolerate them, there is a point where you will see and see and see if you don't know the one that has entered. Are you getting me? This is important. I'm going to explain this very well in finding a local church. It's a teaching I'm going to do in our discipleship series, which I'm doing next. And I'm going to be very clear about it. I'm going to be very direct about it as well. So, what you listen to, what you focus on, can build a fortress, a stronghold in your mind. And this is important. So what you need to do is what? Like, you know, like the scripture says, it says, pull down every stronghold and build the right fortress. And let me not go ahead of myself. You see, the spiritual realm works on focus. What you pay attention to is what you become. It grows on you. And this is not just motivational talk. It is true. This is not motivation. It is true. What you focus on is what you become. It would grow on you. The teachings you focus on would grow on you. They would affect your response to things. That's why many times, a lot of people don't have a consistent, you know, uh, 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 devotion or, 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 or I want to call it spiritual life or spiritual work with God. It's because what you believe affects that work with God. What have you focused on? Are you one of those people who does not understand God's dealings with his people, it would affect your work with God. Maybe the reason why you are on and off with God is because you think that every time you come before God, you first sing, cast me not away from your presence, O God. 
Take not your Holy Spirit. So you are first doing the first battle to make yourself worthy. You say, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew your... You now cry. Then when you now feel like you've done restitution enough, you now come before God. So now, if you don't feel like God has forgiven you, you can remain in that state for two weeks. And then the devil will catch you there. Are you getting what I'm saying? These are those ideas that need to be removed. God's idea is different. God's idea is different. Before you knew you needed salvation, God made salvation available. Why not receive that salvation? How about the Holy Ghost? He's not taking the Holy Ghost from you. The Holy Ghost is with you there trying to help you get out of that ditch. If you believe that right thing, you will see that you will get out of those problems faster. You will not remain defeated for long. You will get up and you keep walking with God. When you know scriptures like, blessed is the man whom God will not impute sin. That's a different focus. That's a different focus. That's why it matters what you hear. It matters what you hear. In the realm of the spirit, like I said, there is a strong emphasis on focus. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. It says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And here he was talking about saving faith. He was talking about salvation. When he says faith comes by hearing, that is saving faith comes by hearing. That is you are saved by hearing. And so he was talking about salvation here. But it doesn't just apply to salvation. It can also work generally. It applies generally. Because what you hear can build an idea in your mind. What you hear is what your mind is filled with. And that's why you have to focus on things that edify you. You have to focus on things that edify you. This is important. And in this new year, God wants you to fill your mind with the things that can edify you. God wants you to pull down those wrong ideas, those wrong teachings, those wrong motivations, those wrong things that have filled your mind. God wants you to focus on the right thing. God wants you to pull down strongholds. Every thought, every idea that has been exalted in your life above the knowledge of Christ, God wants you to pull it down. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants you to pull it down. He wants you to bring it into captivity under the obedience of Christ. If you let this happen, it's going to change your life. God wants you to focus on the right thing. Build the right fortress in your mind. Pull down strongholds. It will change how you respond to things. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 to 9. Whosoever is posting the scriptures, can you post it faster? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 to 9. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. It says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then verse 8, it says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, 
if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. This should be your focus. This should be your focus. Yes, striving in the wrong environment would not remove your salvation. But can I tell you something? There are far more dangerous things it can do to you. <laughs> Maybe not far more dangerous, but there are also there are dangerous things it can do to you. He says, think on these things. Think on these things, things that are right, things that are of good reports. He says, those things which you have both learned, received, and heard, and seen in me, do, and God of peace shall be with you. So listen, he's encouraging them to focus on things that are true, but not just those, the things that he has taught them, the things he has taught them, continuing them. Think on these things. In this new year, prioritize meditation. Meditate on the things of God. Think on the things of God. Think on the things that are true. Think on the things that are right. Think on the things that are pure. Take efforts to listen to sermons. Take efforts to listen to the right songs. Meditate. When you pray, don't just spend time, you know, you know, uh, uh, um, um, rattling in tongues, which is good and edifies you. But there's also a place of being edified by the word. Go over your, your notes. Fill your minds with thoughts about God. Fill your minds with the things you've thought. Go over those things this year. Remind yourself on the things you've learned. Keep them in your mind daily. This is how you would win in the new year. Keep them on your mind daily. Fellowship days shouldn't be the days that you remember about God. Let every day bring you a reminder about God. Train yourself to think on God every other time in every day. When you start your day with prayer, you can condition how the rest of your day goes. This is how you do it. If you pray in the morning, you'll be, you'll be able to keep God in your mind through the day. If you miss in the morning, if you pray in the night, it will help you remember to pray the next morning. If you go two days without prayer, it will be hard for you to remember God in the rest of the day. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a simple principle. Think on these things. You want to listen to all the podcasts, all the sermons on the podcast. You have to make sure that that's your focus. Meditate on it. Don't waste time on the road. Lagos, Lagos, you know, if you stay in Lagos, Lagos is too, places are too far because of traffic for me to waste two hours on the road sleeping in the bus. Why can't you plug your ears? If what you have to do is get earphones, get it, buy it. What are you doing in the bus? The day I realized this, my life changed forever. I'll be in the bus two hours. WhatsApp, Instagram, then I'll sleep. When there are sermons I can be listening to, when there are books I can be reading, you don't have time. You, don't, you have to steal your time back. You know, people say, I don't have time for this. I don't have time. You have to steal the time back. There are times that are wasting that you are not using for anything. You have not just realized that you are the owner of that time. Some of you, when you go on your bed, it's not when you sleep. It's another 30 to 1 hour before you sleep. What are you doing in that period? When you wake up in the morning, what are you doing? You remain on the bed for another 30 minutes to 1 hour before you finally stand up. Why not summon the will to get up and use that time to pray? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Spend time meditating on the word of God. Think on the things of God. This is how you would fill your minds with the right things. Can I tell you something? What you hear is powerful. 
Are there songs that you know today and you never downloaded them on your phone? Yes, now. There are songs you know today that you did not download on your phone. You know the lyrics. And you did not download them on your phone. Because what you hear is powerful, though. It's powerful. This is the way... Do you know that as a child, this is how you learn everything you know? By hearing and by seeing. Perception. Perception is so strong. Have you not asked how children pick up accents? Is what they hear you say. If you accent your child says pick up a kitty accent, your accent is a kitty. <laughs> so if you know what's good for you, just send your child to uh, maybe British International School. I was thinking of it one day. There are people who raise their children outside the country. Both parents have Nigerian accents deep, but their child. So it's because the good school sight, hearing, you pick up things. You don't know, but you pick up things very fast. So why not give it some more focus? Meditate on the right things. Feed yourself with the right things. It might not make any sense, but keep reading. Read a book. Read a book. Some of you, the only books you've read are romance novels. I've been novel. Now you want to pray. You are seeing things in your prayer, this thing. You don't need it. It's demon. It's what you've read. You say they are tormenting. It's not torment. It's not. It's what you are focused on. That is coming back. It is building a stronghold in your mind. You, you have to pay attention to these things. You have to guard your heart jealously. That's what scripture says. Guard your heart. Guard it jealously. That's why you can't see me go anywhere. I'm here trying to learn about revelation in Christ. You are here trying to mystify the Christ I'm trying to learn about. I can't attend you. I can't come around. I can't. I'm careful what I listen to. Very careful. Because I know how it is. I know, I know what it does in my life. If I'm going to be better in the things of God, I'm going to have to ensure my focus around those things. So why not look? You like beats. You like the beats. Go and look for Christian Afro beats and be listening to. Do you understand what I'm saying? The things you listen to can be very dangerous if you don't pay attention to them. This is very important. Repetition is the key to mastery. In the kingdom, we grow by repetition. You've heard the sermon before. Go and listen to it again. Meditate on it. Many times, a lot of you hear stuff. You don't apply them. That's why I love it. I'm laughing in this meeting and I'm still not very sure that you're going to apply all the things I've said. Because it's not about laughing. He has, to, he has to go beyond that. He has to go beyond that. He has to go beyond that. Repetition is the key to mastery. We keep repeating it. You keep listening to the same thing. The same thing. The same thing. Someone once asked me a question. I think it was me and Joseph that were talking. That how are the first timers, people that just joined us recently, going to learn all the things that... I said because we will keep repeating it. Are you with me? We will keep repeating it. Every church has the responsibility to repeat the same teachings to you if they are doing right discipleship. Because repetition is how you will know it. But apart from that, make sure that you have a repetitive, you know, a repetitive um, um, strategy in your growth as well. You've listened to that sermon before. Go listen again. Meditate on it. What did I miss from it? Have I applied this to my life? Stay on the word. Some of you learn to stay. Learn to stay. Learn to. It will save you. Learn to stay. In First Timothy chapter four and verse sixteen. Paul speaking to Timothy, his disciple. He says, take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. He says, continue in them. 
For in doing this, you will both save yourself and those that hear you. Continue in all you've been taught. Continue in all you've been taught. So, in this new year, God wants you to keep yourself edified. Always. Do you know what an edifice is? A strong building. So when you build up yourself, you become a strong building, an edifice. Actually, you become a fortress. You build a fortress in your mind. Edify yourself. God wants you to have the right focus. God wants you to have the right focus. And what it will do, apart from just changing your life, <laughs> it would affect many other things. And I'll just give you one other thing, one other thing rather, sorry, that it will do. First of all, when you have the right focus, you, you will struggle less in some things. Addictions will go. Many things will go. The right focus will get you to the place of devotion you want to get to. You want to pray more. Have you read a book on prayer? Did you listen to a sermon on prayer? Do you get what I'm saying? The right focus will get you some of the things you want faster. But after that, the right focus will change how you respond to situations. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 21, and I want everybody to follow me here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 21. It says, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with bread pans together until now. So you see, creature is also, that is the things in the world are also going to be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So when Adam sinned, the repercussion, the, rest, the, the, the result, which is death, did not just fall on mankind, they also fell on creation. It says 22. It says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. So this is to show you that, first of all, we live in a fallen world, a world that has been corrupted, and creation is praying to be delivered. And with this, you can see that this world will never really be saved because it has not been saved since the fall of Adam. Since Adam fell, death entered into this world. Earthquakes would happen. Hurricane would happen. Tsunamis would happen. Accidents would happen. Man would die. Bad things would happen. This world has not been saved, has not been safe rather, since Adam fell. The Bible even tells us that things will get worse in the world. How many of you know that? That things would always continue to go bad. This has to change in your mind the concept of safety that you have. Because the world is truly never safe. So how can I be safe? I can wake up one morning and there's a pandemic. People can be on the road unknowing and there's an accident. Anything can happen. The world is truly never safe. And it would always continue to get bad. Even when accident does not kill you, politicians will try to kill you. <laughs> so the world is truly never safe. And so your idea of safety has to change. What's the concept of safety you have in your mind? In Psalms chapter 91 and verse 5, Scripture says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flyeth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at noon. 
So the Bible is not oblivious to the evil in the world, but it says, Thou shalt not what? Be afraid. The Bible is not oblivious to that evil, but it says, You shall not be afraid. Your idea of safety has to be far beyond just being in your house and not going out because the world is not truly safe. Are you getting what I'm saying? The idea many people have about safety in their minds would only happen if every evil has been eradicated from that from this world. And that's not going to happen anytime soon. Until God, until Jesus comes and the world and the earth is saved. So there's always going to be evil in this world. So what then characterizes safety? Your idea of safety has to be deeper. It has to be what? It has to be deeper. It has to be in something deeper as well. Something stable because the world is not stable. The Bible says, do not be afraid. Why? In Psalm 23 and verse 1, it says, because the Lord is my shepherd. Pari vakai. So it's clear that the Bible is not oblivious of the evil in the world. The Bible knows that the world is evil. The Bible even says that things will continue to get bad. But it says, do not be afraid. He says, because the Lord is what? is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, this is a different thing now. My concept of safety is not because there's no evil in the world, but it's because even though there is evil, I have a shepherd. The world is not safe, but I'm not afraid. Why? I carry God's presence everywhere I go. The Lord is watching and guiding me. I shall not want. I shall not want gives you a picture of satisfaction. Satisfaction. This has nothing to do with the economy where you are living. He says, I shall not want. There might be a famine in the land. But your trust is different. I have a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He says, it makes me to lie down in green pastures. Listen, the picture God wants you to see here is that of a sheep in green pastures. And what do sheep do in green pastures? They eat. They eat. But now, the Bible is not saying you are eating. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It makes me to lie down in green pastures. You are in green pastures. You are not eating. You are lying down. That's a picture of satisfaction. That's a picture of satisfaction. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That is supernatural navigation. He's my shepherd. He's my compass. Divine guidance. Supernatural navigation. Guarantees safety. I am safe. I am safe. There is divine protection in God. Because he's always looking out for me. This is what to fill your mind with. It doesn't matter what they say is happening. The Lord is my shepherd. Listen, troubles would occur in the world. There will be plagues. But the Lord is my shepherd. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. In the next verse, he says, Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So he's not saying that you would not walk through the valley of shadow of death. Because the Bible is not oblivious to the evil in the world. But he says, Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He says you are kept safe. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. 
Can you say it? Say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You have to have a deeper sense of safety as a believer. This has to be your standard every time. For some people, this teaching would only be relevant when you are deeply in trouble. But listen, you need to start building your mind now with this reality. Feed your mind with this now. As against feeding your mind with fear. With fear. Yes, sir. You say, the Lord is my shepherd. Stop looking at everyone else. Look into the word and say, the Lord is my shepherd. Listen. One of the reasons why God said to do this teaching is because in the new year, the devil in many ways will make you want to doubt God because of the challenges you face in the world and in this year. And that's what we are preparing you for. Many people will teach you, accept God and you'll be rich. Accept God and nothing will happen to you. That's what the Bible says. That's why I said what you hear matters. That's why you see people that when they face certain tribulations, they will lose faith in God. Because all they've been taught about God is what they can receive from God. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is a different teaching. This is a teaching where I understand that Jesus Christ says, in this world you will face tribulations. But he follows after and says, do not be fearful. You overcome the world. Hallelujah! This is important. So the devil in many ways would bring things your way, would bring challenges your way, would make you want to doubt God because of what you're going through, and will make you fall from trusting the God who knows the end from the beginning. But what would be your meditation? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I serve a providential God, a God that can orchestrate the end from the beginning. A God who knows my end that can turn my pain to turn out to be good. Yeah. That even though bad things happen to me, he can make it all turn out good. That's the God I serve. I serve Jaira. Yeah. Those ideas that the devil wants to plant in your mind, those are the strongholds to be pulled down. And you have to build the right ones. The road might be rough. Remember I said it's in compass. That supernatural navigation is not always about the best road, what you think is the best road. It's because I can trust God and where he's taking me to, even though the, the road is rough. So don't let the devil trick you into believing that God is responsible for the evil things that are happening around you. Many times what the devil does with lie, he will not tell you something that outrightly looks like a lie. He will give you half-truth and mix it with the lie. When he tempted Jesus, he quoted from scriptures, so he will not always give you things that outrightly seem like a lie. He will mix the truth and lie together. Jesus could have said, I is quoting scriptures. I think I should. But you have to discern. You will hear thoughts like God, you know, if God is not responsible, why did God let it happen? Why did he not keep you from it? Why did he let it happen? But listen, evil will happen in the world and it is not God who orchestrated it. That's what the Lord is letting me remind you in this teaching. Evil will happen in the world. And it is not God who does what? Who orchestrates it. Many times God would even intervene. True men. Are you with me? True men. God is always willing to help you. Don't let the thing that you prayed for and did not work affect your disposition to the miracles that can happen in God. That's one lie the devil can sell to you. 
if one did not happen, how about the many that happened? So you will see somebody who God has healed her dad and mom and everybody before around her. And maybe one time she asked for something and it didn't happen. And then the devil comes and whispers in your, in your ears. Is this the God you serve? Is this the God you serve? Why did he let it happen? Bad things would happen in the world. And God did not orchestrate them. I taught you this in content. If God were to step in and remove every evil in this world, then he would remove the evil you did when you tried to steal from your mommy's pots too. That means he would kill yourself. <laughs> so you have to understand that God is always willing to help. How do we know? Jesus is the full revelation of God. Hebrews 1 talks about the fact that God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners revealed himself to us through the prophets, as, as now in these last days revealed himself unto us through his Son, who is the brightness of his image, the brightness and the express image of his person. And we see the character of Jesus. Jesus was always willing to heal. He healed all they brought to him. He did not leave one behind. From the character of Jesus, we can see the character of God. If Jesus healed all the sick that were brought to him, we understand that God is always willing to heal the sick. You have to build your mind to trust in God's ability to heal. Build your mind. This is important. Does God heal? Yes, he does. Absolutely. I would believe this forever. Some people want to believe that miracles have ceased in our time. But we still see miracles happening every day. Our awake prayer is a sign that miracles happen every day. Because we pray there and we see results. Miracles happen. Have you had one experience that you cannot explain what went wrong? That should not stop you from believing God and His healing power. Can I tell you something? Supernatural healing is not going to replace the normal way that things should happen in this world. That is... People will still die, even though we have the power to raise people from the dead. Because the natural cause of things is that people will die. Are you with me? People's health will deteriorate. Because that's the natural thing that will happen. But does that mean I should trust that God cannot heal or God cannot raise the dead? No. I would always trust that God can heal and God can raise from the dead. Even me, the lead here, I've had situations, at least maybe one or two, where I prayed for somebody, I maybe could not explain, maybe it was the person's unbelief that held the person back or many things. But nothing happened in the spot. But can I tell you something? There are many times where you pray for somebody, now nothing happens, but the person keeps believing. And later on, the person sees that miracle. You know, Papa, Kennedy again prayed for a woman's child whose leg was deformed. And on the spot, nothing happened. And he said she should go home and she should believe. And she went home, but her focus was that pastor has prayed for my child and my child is healed. Can I tell you something? That child's leg was still deformed but she kept on confessing. Pastor has prayed for my child and my child is healed. And so she took her child home and while she was baiting that child, she dipped the child into water. Pastor has prayed for my child and my child is healed. Pastor has prayed for my child and my child is healed. Pastor has prayed for my child and my child is healed. And as she dipped the child into the water while baiting the child and bringing the child out, that leg that was deformed was straightened. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, Pastor was praying for my child and my child is healed. Pastor was praying for my child and my child is healed. The devil would want to sell you a lie. You have to root out such ideas. Jesus raised the dead. But there were other people that died in Jesus' time. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
And this does not make us be, stop believing that Jesus healed the sick because all that were brought to Jesus, he, he healed. So your one-time experience should not, should not invalidate every other thing God can do. You have to believe God with all your heart. You have to trust God with all your heart. Were you praying for a job and you didn't get it? I feel like I don't want to address you as though, you know, I don't know, there are different people at different levels. But if I were to talk to you as a mature believer, I would look at you and say, so you lost a job and you are doubting God? Something as petty as job. Do you know the God you serve? But I understand that different people are in their different levels of growth. So many times the devil is going to want to sell you a lie. And you have to stand strong. The goal, primarily, is that all men are saved. So that they can reign in eternity with Christ. Which is far better than what we have here. So healing is a temporary fix. Because the permanent solution is when I die in Christ and I resurrect with a new body, a body that can never die, a body that will never be sick. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's a different focus. But that does not also mean that God is not willing to heal the sick. Are you getting this? You have to change your mind. We see a track record of God's divine intervention every day, every prayer time. And this is important. So what you will do in this new year, every day of the new year, is that you pull down strongholds and you build up fortresses. A place where you attack life with an advantage. You will build, you pull down strongholds and you will build fortresses in your mind. You will build fortresses that cannot be moved according to the word of God. You will build fortresses that will keep you. It's an advantage that regardless what comes, regardless what happens, when the devil tries to lay siege, so now, remember what I taught you that siege means? A prolonged effort to break down a fortress. The devil will try. Can I tell you something? Many times when the devil wants to even get you, he might not come physically by attacking you. He will come through wrong teachings and wrong ideologies. That's a siege in your mind. Things that would make you doubt God. He would come through ideas. So when the devil comes with a siege, both physically and in my mind, Physically, when they run siege, they cut off your water supply. They cut off your food to force you out. The devil is going to try. He's going to try to do stuff like that. He's going to try to try and break you. When he lays siege, when he lays siege, you know that you are kept and you are protected. I'm safe in God from the evil in this world. I can trust God to keep me. Psalms 125 and verse 1. He says, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but what? Abideth forever. Hey, they that trust in the Lord, they that have built a fortress in their mind, shall be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but what? But abides forever. Trust in God. Psalm 32, 7. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Seller, this is important. This should be your confession every day. Psalms 121 and verse 7. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Psalms 46 verse 1 to 3. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth be removed. Are you seeing this mindset? Though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters therefore roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. God 
is our refuge and strength. This should be the lyrics of the songs you are singing. This should be the lyrics. Rather than dancing Zanku up and down, look for songs. Jaira, you are enough for me. Reiterate it in your mind. These are the things that should fill the lyrics of the song you sing. This is important. I use, you know, I try to use very relatable examples so that you can know that it's you I'm talking to. You can be thinking it's not you when I say it. So I just put those things so that it should be your confession. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run it into it and is safe. The safety I have is different. I focus on God. This is important. Psalms 91 and verse 1 to 14. I want everybody to read this together. So I want you to open your Bible. Psalms chapter 91 and verse 1 to 14. So the sort of things to meditate upon as we round up. Psalms 91 and verse 1 to 14. Let me know when you are there. Sabarivakoshta, see them at you. Dele deba, rabi gofta zadai, kanamanamai. Zerevatakai. Is everybody there? Alright, so we'll read it together. And I want you to make sure that you're reading it wherever you are. Alright. One, two, go. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with His feathers and under His wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. Oh, I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flyeth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at my right hand, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. Therefore shall no evil befall thee, Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels, he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways, and thou shalt bear me up with your hands, lest I shall dash my foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, and the young lion and the dragon shall shall thou trample under thy feet, that is, shall I trample under my feet, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Glory to God! Glory! These are the things to focus on. These are the things to focus on. This should be your meditation. Build a fortress in your mind. Build a fortress in your mind. Build a fortress in your mind. Wherever you are, just begin to... Just pray in the language of the Spirit. Speak words. Don't even, don't even pray in the language of the Spirit now. Pray in the understanding. Speak words. Reiterate what you believe about God. Reiterate what you believe about Him and the safety you have in Him. Father, I trust in You. I trust in You. I take flight because I trust in You. They that trust in You shall be like Mount Zion. As I trust in You, I know I am kept from the evil in this world. I'm kept from the noisome pestilence. I'm kept safe from every evil. I trust in you. I put my faith in you. 
Even when there is a storm, I trust in you. I trust in you when things are right. I trust in you when things are not right. I know that you are my Savior. You, are, you keep me. I trust in you to heal everyone who is sick around me. Though there might be evil happening around, I trust in you. I trust in you to give me an expected end. I trust in you. I reaffirm my faith in you, Daddy. Oh, in 2022, regardless of what happens, I learned to put my faith in you. I learned that you are my peace. You are my peace. You are my peace. You are my peace. Oh, I learned to boast about you before my troubles. I don't put my troubles before me. I've dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with insecurities. And I put my faith in you. I will boast in you rather than in boasting in this world. I will boast in you rather than in boasting in any other thing. Because my concept of safety lies in you. Oh, I rely on you for my safety. I trust in you, daddy. Oh, I trust in you, Jesus. Rabbi, I trust in you, daddy. I'm kept. My family is kept because we trust in you. I can put my hope in you. I can put my faith in you. I meditate on your word day and night. I build the right fortress in my mind. I pull down strongholds and wrong teachings. Every idea that is exalted above your knowledge in my mind. Everything that makes me think differently from the love which you have for me. I pull them down. And I build the right things in my mind. I build a consciousness of your presence with me. That you are always with me and you go about with me. I build my consciousness of the gifts of the spirit that are functioning in my mind, that I speak in tongues, I raise the dead, I do many miracles, that whosoever I lay my hands on in this new year is healed. I build my consciousness of the responsibility you've placed on me as a son. I understand that I am your son, I'm your child, I'm your daughter, and I build a consciousness of this. I walk every day conscious of this. Oh, I affirm my reality. I affirm these truths every day of my life. In this new year, the devil might want to try different things. Oh, but I am kept. Oh, I meditate on the right things. Oh, I discern his dealings. Oh, scripture says we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. And so whatever the devil is planning in this new year, I'm not ignorant of it. My feet is secure. I am glad my heart is calm. God is my peace. I can't be moved like Zion's heel. My feet are still. Oh, God is my keeper. He's my savior. I have Jesus in my boat. I can't be, be moved. I build a fortress. I build a fortress. I trust in your supernatural navigation through the compass you put in me. Myself and my family are supernatural, supernaturally navigated. In my career, I have supernatural navigation. In my academics, I have supernatural navigation. In whatever I lay my hands, I have supernatural navigation because I know that you are ready to lead me even more than I'm ready to be led. And so I hold on to that compass, the leadings of the Spirit on my inside. When you say go, I will go. When you say jump, I will say how high. When you say stay, I will stay. Whatever you say, however you instruct me I'm ready to follow with boldness with diligence with consistency I am ready to give my life for the course of your walk oh I'm ready for it Lord God my mind is alert oh I'm ready for all you would have me do nothing shall make me inconsistent in this new year Anything that tries to push me from constant communion with the brethren, I push it away because I constantly meditate on the things of God. The devil will make his attacks on my devotion, but I know I'm stronger because I stand in Christ and nothing would have his way on my devotion in this new year. Come on, prophesy into this new year. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. 
Amen. Shouts glory.